going to say, this is my Bible. It is the word of truth. Uh-huh. I can do. by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Let's read into your hearing. Mark chapter 4 verses 22 through 24. I'm in the New King James Version. And it says, for there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Some of your versions say come abroad. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the measure you use, some Bible say with the same measure, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. You might be looking a little bit crazy if you have that New Living Translation because it is not quite the same in there. Amen? You may take your seats. Just want to thank Pastor on this morning for his pure heart. Amen? For being a vessel of honor and for teaching us God's truth. To my son Andre, you know, I just want him to know he's not here, he's at work, but I want him to know that God will make up the difference. Amen? To my daughter Trinity, who's upstairs at Children's Church, I just want to thank her for having my back in prayer. To my mom, I thank you for filling in all the gaps with love. And last but not least, to my dearest Robert, thank you for not only listening, but for hearing my heart. I love you. And to all of you, in the sanctuary and with us online. I just want to say God bless you and thank you for sanctifying the time to hear the word of the Lord on this morning. Amen. Amen. Let me talk to you for just a minute. I just want to talk about, hey, you know, can you believe that we are already in November? My God, the year is closer to its end than it is the beginning and the time is flying. It just seems like the time is flying by. We're in holiday season and Thanksgiving is already upon us. You know, Thanksgiving is a special time. It's a time to share with family, with friends, a time to enjoy food, laughter, and good times. But yet and yet, for, for so many reasons this time around, it just seems to be a difference in this holiday season. It's just a little different, amen? You got the pandemic still lingering around. So many have lost loved ones. You know what, Latham, when you look around, the stores have slim pickings. Many jobs are vacant. And so many during this time are divided on their views of politics, social injustice. They're questioning what is truth and, and so much more. It's just so much going on. There's no doubt about it that 
These are tough times that we're living in. But it's in the midst of these times, in the midst of chaos that's all around us, in the midst of our own personal trials that we might be going through in our personal lives, it's now more than ever that I believe God wants us, those who hear him, to live out his abundant grace and to never lose sight of his standard. And so it is my prayer and hope to encourage you this morning to purpose in your heart to one, to, to live by grace, to live with grace, to live in grace, and to still hold the measuring line for his standard. Still hold the measuring line for his standard. Live by grace, live with grace, live in grace, and still hold the line for his standard. There's a measuring line. How many of you know it's, it's by grace and through faith that we are saved? It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. The scriptures say, not of works, lest man should boast. So it's not of your works. It's not of your strict do's and to-do's and don't-do's. It's not your accomplishments, not your title, not even how often you come in this building. It's, it's by his grace and through faith that we are saved. And while we don't work to be saved, we work because we are saved. You know, another thing that seems to come up when you get to talking about grace is a question in Romans 6 and 1, and it says, Since we live under grace, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the scriptures say, certainly not. So grace is not a license to sin. So what is grace? Grace has three distinct definitions that I believe God wants us to know all three today. It's the favor of God, the gift of grace, and our, thanks, our thankfulness. So that first definition of grace, it, it speaks to how we live by grace, and that is by the favor of God, his goodwill, his, his loving kindness, and what we all know as his unmerited favor towards us and how it just continues. You know, when you understand the sacrifice that he made on your behalf, when you know that he took your place on the cross and that he was the perfect sacrifice, he was without sin and you were full of sin, you realize that you did not get the punishment that you deserved. Huh? And then you live in his loving kindness that continues on and on. Amen? The second definition of grace, it speaks to how we live with grace. We receive a measure of the gift of grace, which is God's divine grace and the diverse powers that he bestows on Christians. It's the utterance, the visions, the dreams. Ephesians 4, 7 and 8, it says, but to each one of us was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. The gift, the gift is not for us to keep to ourselves but it's to extend God's grace to others. So if you remember when you were in a stony or a rocky place, living in darkness, and how God rescued you, you should have no problem, huh? No problem using the gifts God has blessed you with to others. 
make you think about the parable in Matthew chapter 18. It's a parable of an un unforgiven servant. In short story, just going to paraphrase, it was a king who was uh, settling the, the accounts. And it was a servant who owed the king a debt that he couldn't pay. It said he begged and he pleaded and was forgiven and not required to pay that debt. Then the same servant, somebody said the same servant. The same servant had a servant who owed him. And his servant begged, it said begged and pleaded with him. He choked him and had the man thrown into prison. And when the king heard of it, he was angered. It said, you, have sh you should have shown the same compassion I had on you. And he was handed to the torturers until he could repay what was owed. Uh, think about that in your own life. The compassion, the grace that was given to you, do you extend that same grace to others? Now that third definition of grace, it speaks to how we live in grace. And that is by our thankfulness, our reverence for God, our, our godly fear, the gratitude, our singing, our dancing, our respect for him that leads us to a lifestyle of worship. You know, I'm talking about the thankful when you realize where you could have been. The grace and the mercy that was bestowed upon you. The thankfulness when you realize that no one loves you more than he does. When you realize, when you come to the realization that you are the apple of his eye. The thankfulness when you hear him say, you are my beloved daughter in who I am well pleased. When you hear him say, Cliff, you are my beloved son in who I'm well pleased. The thankfulness that he says when he told Deborah, he said, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for I am with you wherever you go. The kind of thankfulness that spoke to why when he said, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Not destroyed. Amen. Thankful. Thankful when he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The thankfulness that comes. When he says, Minister Latham, I see you. I see your faithfulness. Hallelujah. The thankfulness you get when you know that you serve a God, Wayne, that is with you. Wherever you go. This is the thankfulness that moves us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. And the scriptures say this is our reasonable service. It's your reasonable act of worship. I dare you to give God some praise in this place even now. Hallelujah, that you're thankful on today. That you're thankful for whatever he's done for you, whatever he's done for you in your life. When you look back over your own life and think what, where I would have been and where I could have been. You know, the truth is today that God wants us to live out all the facets of grace in our lives. Because when you live by grace, 
when you live by favor, when you live in grace, sharing the gifts of grace with others, and when you live with grace, when you live in thankfulness, you experience the totality of God's amazing grace. Amazing grace. John 1, 16 says, and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. Some versions say grace upon grace. I'm speaking to you this morning from the topic, amazing grace. Somebody say amazing, amazing grace. I told you that word amazing has been hijacked by the world. And we say amazing for a lot of other things, but amazing, amazing grace. Does your mind go immediately to the song? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. You see, I don't know about you, but I was a wretch undone. I hung out with the wrong crowd and made my share of bad decisions. And I can look back over my own life and see where he brought me from. And this is why I can say with conviction, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't know where I would be. I hope you can say that with conviction. If it had not been for God's grace and mercy toward me, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I wouldn't be standing here today. I think it's important before we get to our text to note that earlier in Mark chapter 4, about verses 13 through 21, he talks about the parable of the sower, the parable of the lamp under a basket, which teaches us, it teaches us through a comparison of the word being sown on stony ground, stony rocky ground versus the word being sown on good ground, the word that being the seed, amen? And he talks about the stony ground, when the word is sown on stony ground, those who hear the word, they do not receive it. Because either Satan comes and snatches that word immediately, or because, and it, because it has no root, it, it doesn't endure. It only endures a short time. Then he talks about the word being choked out by thorns, which represents the cares of this world. And it's unfruitful because you're just concerned with the cares of this world, the word doesn't take root. And then we see the word, the seed sown on good ground, which represents those who hear the word and receive it, and they bring forth fruit. The word says some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Now, how many of you used to be hard, stony ground, stony ground? In my own life, I was considered stony and rocky ground before I became good ground. It's where I could hear the word, understand the word, and then live the word. Somebody, sometimes we don't get all the way through the process. Some of you can hear the word. You might not understand the word and not live the word. Or you can hear the word and you can understand the word and still not live the word. Huh? The songwriter said, I was blind, but now I see. And so just like me, before I truly dedicated my life to Christ, I was spiritually blind and didn't know it. 
I can see. You told me, I'm like, I can see. And some people are walking around today, I can see and are as blind as my mom would say, blind as a bat. You know, I heard Minister Thelma say in Bible study a couple of weeks ago, she said, you don't buy a lamp and put it under a basket. You put a lamp on a lampstand. You don't hide it. She said, you turn on the light. Huh? Turn on the light. So this morning, this morning I want to tell y'all to turn on the light. As you grow, God will continue to reveal more and more to you. So let's get to our text. In our text in Mark 4 and 22, it says, For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, Take heed. Some Bibles say, Pay attention. Some Bibles say, take care. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, who hear this word, understand this word, and supposed to be living this word, more will be given. Our scripture text says, he who has ears to hear. Hear in this text, it means to understand, to comprehend. And the Lord did say, take heed. Bottom line is God will judge us as we have judged others. Be careful what kind of judgment you use in evaluating others when you can't see their heart. Measure or standard means the required measure, the do fit measure. It's a measuring rod, the rule or standard of judgment. It's important for you to know that in the Israelite culture, the measuring line or measuring rod was a symbol of authority. It was used by the shepherd to correct his flock, and the reed was also a symbol of justice. The scriptures say man look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God wants you to know today, you are not the judge. I'm going to say it one more time. You are not the judge. God is the judge. God is the standard. He is the standard. You just hold the line. You are his witnesses. You live the standard. You walk the standard. You're supposed to talk the standard. You live by his grace, live with his grace, and live in his grace. And then his light that is in you will shine brighter and brighter. Hold the measuring line. Even as the culture shifts, hold the line to his standard. Even when they say that good is evil and evil is good, you hold the line. When they talk down to you, when they disregard you, when they disrespect you, when they talk behind your back, you hold the line. Hold the line this morning. When man's justice system fails, you still hold the line because ultimately it's God's justice that will last eternally. It's God's justice that matters. It's not always easy to, to stand out, to speak up, or to think differently from the majority, especially if you're the only one. You're not always going to be accepted. It may seem like your voice is not being heard, but you do it anyway. Let me say this. You can't live by God's amazing grace and then hold a measuring line 
using the world's standard. You can't live by God's amazing grace and then hold the measuring line using the world's standard. God is the standard. You not get to you don't get to act as if you didn't benefit from his amazing grace. You don't get to act like he didn't die for you and like the, the things that he delivered you from, the things he rescued you from. You don't get to act like that didn't happen. Don't forget where God brought you from. You know you've done some things and have not received full punishment and have the, the nerve to go out of your way to hold somebody to a standard that you couldn't keep. Where's the grace? The same grace that he showed you. Mm. James 2 and 13 says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Family, we need to extend the same grace extended to us and even more. The word says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And you thought that was just about money. You didn't know it was about your time. You didn't know it was about the resources that God has blessed you with. You didn't know it was about how you treat them. You didn't know that when people were smiling at you, that all you had to do was smile in return. You didn't know that when they just waved at you because they wanted to feel accepted, that you didn't want to wave back. The same grace. The same grace. It's like the law of reciprocity. That what you give out is what, what's coming back. And believe that that's in the Bible. That's in the word. The same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you. Don't forget where you came from. He who has ears to hear. Hey, take heed. Do not reach a certain point in your life where you become puffed up, filled with pride, and think too highly of yourself. I have arrived. Huh? You forgot all that stuff that was in your back. And I'm not saying don't press toward the mark. I'm not saying look back and, and meddle in it. I'm saying remember. Remember, don't forget where he brought you from. So that you can deal with God's people the same way. So that you can remember how to treat people because you were in the same situation that they were in. And the same grace that you wanted extended to you, you need today. Amen. He who has ears to hear. Romans 12 and 3 says, For I say, through grace given me to everyone among you, not to think more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Soberly. Moderate. Huh? Not over, over the top. In your right mind, saying highly puffed up. I said that pride comes before the fall. 
with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. God does not give us the authority to determine the value of someone's life. I felt a little hesitation about sharing this because it it still hurts deeply. But my brother was a homeless man and was hit by a car and killed while crossing the street. The man left the scene of the crime and sought to cover up his crime and go on as if nothing happened. But my brother's story is sad and complex. His life story is sad and complex. And as yet his case is ongoing, it's just sad how God pointed out to me Some people think they could place value on life based off of what society deems as important. Based off of what society deems as important. What you have and what you wear and what you drive and what your occupation is and what you do for a living. Where you live, what neighborhood do you live in and who and what and we place value on people's life based off of those things. Someone wrote an article with an attempt to tell my brother's story. And ironically, the title of the story is A Fall from Grace. The article lacked the most, import, the most important part of his story. They missed the part, they missed the last part, where God's amazing grace allowed him to open his eyes as he received singing and praying and the gift of salvation in his final days. God's amazing grace reaches every race, every class, whether rich or poor. I want you to know that there's no title too great for his grace, no occupation beneath his grace, no lifestyle outside of the reach of his grace. Nothing that you can do can separate you from the grace that God has for you. It's for everybody. God determines the value. God is the standard. Do not be deceived by what this world tells you to value, what this world tells you truth is, how they want to give the the letter of the law when grace saved their lives, when grace spared them. The same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Don't be that boss who forgets where you came from. Don't be that boss who holds the people who work for you to a standard that you couldn't keep. Where's the grace? God's amazing grace is for everyone. There's not a race. There's not anything that's excluded from his grace. 
nothing. His grace is for everyone. And because it reaches every class and every race and every lifestyle, why should it be beneath our grace if it's not, be, if it's not beneath his grace? To reach out, to extend love, to operate in that thankfulness, to, to live by grace, to live in grace, and to live with grace. To live in his amazing grace. You know, in Thanksgiving, we started a, a tradition of kind of asking everyone in our own home, kind of going around the room, asking, what are you thankful for this year? What are some things that you're thankful for? Before we just dive into the food, all that food. Before we eat the macaroni and the collard greens. I'm trying to make you hungry. But before you do all of that, what are, what are you thankful for this year? And this year, I can honestly say that I, you know, normally somebody will go around the room, somebody will say, I'm thankful for my health, or I'm thankful for family. Um, one year, I remember being, I was just happy to be home and not on a deployment. I'm happy to be home was my thing. But this Thanksgiving, I can truly say that I'm, I'm thankful for God's amazing grace. Thank him for his grace. You know, yeah, the health challenges. When you look at the loss, when you just look around, look around. Thank God for his grace. Thank you, Lord. We take some things for granted, but his grace is amazing. So, Marcus, I just want you to play. This is this just an acapella rendition of Amazing Grace. And I pray that it blesses you like it blessed me. Is Marcus there? No, no, no. We got to hear this one. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want y'all to hear it. Y'all can keep singing, but I...
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. You going to praise God? Amen. I'm just being obedient. Hallelujah. and give God some praise in this place. Oh, I dare you shout hallelujah. I dare you to give him a hallelujah praise for his amazing grace in this place. I dare you to make the room erupt right now, God. Hallelujah for your grace on today. Hallelujah, God. Glory to your name, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your amazing grace. Amazing grace. It said that grace had a sound, and I just think that that could be the sound of people being saved, the sound of his healing, the sound of a birth that, that they said was impossible, his grace, his grace on this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you're worthy this morning. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And I'm just going to say this. Let's hold fast to God in spite of our loss, in spite of our setbacks and our trials. Stay grounded and steadfast, not moved from hope in the gospel, especially in these times. And remember that his grace, amen, his grace is amazing. Amen. Glory to his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. And I have some appeals for you on this morning. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and want to receive the free gift of salvation, please raise your hand. If you're online, you can dial the number that's on the screen and somebody will answer and pray the prayer of salvation with you. If you're looking for a church home this morning, Please raise your hand. We're a teaching community, teaching ministry, community-minded ministry, a holistic ministry, and we would love for you to be a part of our family. We'd love for you to join us. If that is you, would you please raise your hand? If you're online and you would like prayer, we ask that you would call the number on the screen. And if you're here with us, and there's a prayer request on your heart, there's something that you want to go to God in prayer with, you can slip up your hand. We're all going to stand and pray out, hallelujah, glory to his name. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your holy word. 
and we trust, God, that it fell on good ground. God, and that it will not return unto you void, but accomplish all you send it out to do. We thank you, Father God, this morning for your grace. We thank you that your grace is amazing and that we get to live in its totality. We get to live in the fullness of your grace. And as we leave this place, Lord God, we vow, Lord God, to treat others as we want to be treated, to extend that same grace and to live out the fullness of your grace in our lives. It's in the matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen.